0: Welcome to the Indie Pub, a laid-back interview show dedicated to the world of self and indie publishing. I'm your host, Jay Rushing, author of the self-published fantasy noir novel radio and a beverage buff with a passion for deep dives and good times. Every two weeks, a guest will step into the pub with a publishing-related topic and a favorite drink for us to explore and enjoy. Whether you want to sharpen your craft, snag a new cocktail recipe, or just have a laugh, there's always a seat and a full glass waiting for you at the Indie Pub. Welcome to the Indie Pub. Today's guest is author Crystal Matar, whose debut novel, The Legacy of the Brightwash*, has been absolutely blowing up as of late and is currently a finalist for SPFBO this year. She's here with us to discuss the nitty-gritty of character complexity in fiction. But before we dive in, tell us a bit about what we're drinking here in the pub today.
1: Uh, today we're drinking uh, Bunahaven, which is a Scotch whiskey from Isla. It's an Isla Scotch. And it's really good. So, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And I'm very excited to talk about scotch complexity as well as character complexity.
0: (laughs) And I have to ask, because I just did, did you know about the BH or did you look up the BH?
1: I did know about the BH. Oh,
0: uh... that's good. That's more than me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Duolingo.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seriously. I love the Scotch episodes but I'm always like, "Oh god,
1: I need to look Yeah, I got to I got to double check how to pronounce this."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your work.
1: Okay, so like you said, my name is Crystal Matar. I only have the one novel out for now, Legacy of the Bright Wash. Um, around writing, I farm and I parent and I generally rough it out here in the <laughs> this old log cabin. Nice. Um and I think that's reflected in the stories that I write. Um, even though there's cities in it, a lot of the times the characters are living on the fringe of the cities and there's uh, quite a bit of survivalism and general uh, wilderness at <laughs> at large and it tends to be threatening. So I think uh, you don't see that as much in the first book, but we're gonna see a lot more of that in the series as it goes through. And I'm babbling, so I'm going no, no, to totally leave it to you for the next question.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's, we'll dive into character complexity now. Okay. So when, when someone says a character is complex, what does that mean specifically to you?
1: I, I, it's about the layers, definitely, where they're not... It's like the difference between, like a really simple nursery rhyme or um, you know a really simple song and something that has deep instrumental layers that you can hear new things every single time you listen to it Um, so and I mean there's nothing wrong with those simple things that stick in your head right away but I am a big fan of things that you read and you learn and you you notice new things every time you go like little quirks and little things that take you by surprise and things that are hard to define and you know you might have a character that's generally pretty strong but he's got cracks in his armor and and those things are really interesting to me
0: so along those lines in your opinion who are some of the best examples of truly complex characters um, that our listeners may recognize? And, and this could be books, movies, TV, um, just anything.
1: I'm I'm really bad at keeping up with what other people might recognize. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my thinking was my best example is of complex characters comes from novels written by war veterans. Mm. Um and the one that comes to mind offhand is called Matterhorn by Karl Marlantes. Um, he was he served in Vietnam. He was a, a Marine. And he wrote a novel. And it's a fictionalized experience, but it's still a very real um, story of what it's like, I would assume. And though novels like that, and uh, Tim O'Brien is another author that comes to mind, the complexity there is staggering and almost to a point where if we pulled some of the stuff in genre fiction people would complain that our characters are inconsistent because they're uh, we, one minute they're killing each other the next minute they're dying for each other but the best complex characters i've ever seen have always come out of veteran veteran writing they have an understanding the- yeah of of the 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 opposing natures in each human, in a way that I, I, I hope to mimic a, you know, a sliver of that complexity.
0: Thinking about, I don't know, some of the more individual details w- when those characters really jump to life for you. Um, do you find that the details tend to fall into a few similar categories each time, or does it vary character to character?
1: Um. Oh, that's a good question. I think I think what it is is it it is the ability to contradict ourselves, mm. um, where often what we believe we are isn't necessarily what other people believe we are, and also you know how we think we'll act versus how we act when the chips are down that that to me is the sign of really complex characters where if a character says they're gonna do something and they do it and it it almost becomes unbelievable that they know themselves that well. Yeah. Whereas humans are you know, we're so messy, man. Like there's no way. There's no way you can look forward into a moment and know for sure how it's gonna turn out. Um and and the falling apart of those those ideas that we have about ourselves or where the really interesting stuff is for me is how how we fail to meet our own expectations
0: yeah yeah absolutely well and i feel like that's the humanizing aspect yeah in in fiction really like i mean we all have our own individual successes but we share lots of types of failures amongst
1: oh yeah Oh definitely. <laughs> flaws flaws of plenty and, and the way those flaws interfere with our ability to do what we want, that's 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 the good stuff. That's my jam.
0: Yeah. Um so when it comes to complex characters, that is one thing that has been mentioned over and over and over again about your book. Um and so when it comes to creating complex characters yourself do you have specific strategies that you employ when you go about doing that work or is it something that you just kind of let organically grow with each character yeah
1: yeah it's definitely it wasn't it wasn't something that i did on purpose it's not something that i sought out um at least for me a lot of these characters i've been writing about for a long time so um the worlds around them have changed a lot they've jumped from different genres even but Mm -hmm. The core of who they are has stayed with me a long time. So it, it let me, it gave me a lot of time to figure out what I wanted to write about and what what they wanted to be. And all of that kind of came to fruition in this series that it, it finally clicked together really well. Um, but th- even that being said, a lot of new characters have come up to populate the world. And it's just, it, it's never a plan. It's it's usually just I I put these guys on the page, and they run away with the plot on me, and I just I'm just scrambling to keep up. <laughs> but it's about letting them be flawed instead of going okay. Well, I need I need somebody to serve this purpose, and I hold them into that purpose. That always derails me and gets me into stuff that I I, I don't like. But if I just let them be a hot fucking mess and blow up my whole plot then that stuff is gold so it's it's kind of trusting their the trusting that they will be complex if i give them time and space
0: so so thinking about that when these opportunities for them to mess up come about (laughs) um is it is it literally just you writing up to a point and then they have a decision to make and then they make a decision and then you go from there, or are you do you have some idea about well, these uh, decisions are gonna stay?
1: Yeah. I I look for the clues, right? Like sometimes okay. they'll they'll drop a line somewhere and I'll go like, Oh, that's interesting. What do you mean by that, my friend? <laughs> and <laughs> and and then I chase that idea down and I can see I can see where it's gonna go. And it, I know it's going to be bad, and I know it's going to mess up with with what I wanted. But it's it's so juicy that I can't I can't let it go. And early, yeah, I I not so much in the first book, but in the second book that uh, I'm working on, all of the problems that I encountered and all the stuff that slowed me down was trying to to stop that, trying trying to keep them on the track that I wanted. And I just, I just hit dead ends. So I just had to trust that that complexity would make a good story and let them expand in the space instead of trying to keep the, keep the blinders on.
0: Okay. So what happens when <laughs> you have two characters who have made decisions that are fouling up each other? Have you come across that yet? And if so, what's what's your strategy for getting out of that?
1: Uh, well, I mean, that's life, right? Yes, like there's, there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you don't get to, to erase the stupid shit that you said mm-hmm. when you're drunk. Like that and <laughs> <laughs> that I mean not so much two characters, it's more my main character really fucked up the end of my own book on me um and so the whole second book is about him dealing with those consequences when he's supposed to be a main character moving the action and i i it's it's hard to say exactly where he is now without spoiling the end of brightwash but um some other characters have had to come into the spotlight to help move my story along for me because fucking Toshway went and did something real stupid while he was drunk. Um, and it, it kind of, it took me a while to figure out how to fix that. So yeah, that is to say it's not so much that they come into conflict with each other that fucks me up. It's when they come into conflict with me.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I like what you said there about um, basically one character's failure becomes another character's opportunity to shine. Yes. That's,
1: that's a really oh, yeah. good strategy. Yeah, yeah, that's that accidental. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he there was a point where, while I was trying to write it, he was practically a MacGuffin, where it's like people were just trying to be in possession of him. He wasn't even moving the agency anymore. So what I had to do is let that lack of agency be his story. Yeah. Uh. Um, and that's where the complexity comes in and how how somebody who's used to having a lot of agency is going to deal with that it's he's not doing good he's having a rough time
0: yeah i it, in my own book helplessness is a big a big yeah. theme and it's it is really fascinating the number of nooks and crannies you can get into with that yeah like it's it, yeah. it's so it's such a it's such a well, complex <laughs> emotion for people to have um Yeah, yeah, that's a
1: yeah, and even just the idea of agency too is a complex idea where it's like uh, a lot of a lot of people shorthand agency for power, Mm. where it's like. Um, this person has the power to affect their lives and everyone's lives around them. But that's not the same thing. Sometimes agency is just the decision to get out of bed in the morning when everything's turned to shit. So, you know, so it's, you know, kind of making them reckon with a much lower level of agency than they're used to is, is really interesting too.
0: All right, let's jump back to our drink. Okay. Um, so every episode, I like to talk about smell and taste because they are the two <laughs> most overlooked details in writing. <laughs> and so with this whiskey, what is it that you're picking up? What are some of those notes, those flavors, um, those sensations that come out as you're drinking it?
1: The first one that took me by surprise um, is how sweet it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: Yeah, especially for an eye love.
1: Yeah, and I... <laughs> your episode with uh Clayton and Michael mm-hmm. they were talking about how or Fletcher was talking about how he doesn't like scotch whiskey because it's like <laughs> licking an Irishman or a Scottishman <laughs> asshole and I think he would like this one because yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have that aggressive peated um forward depth that turn some people off scotch it's quite caramelly at the front like mm-hmm. it's it's and then it becomes really hard to define after that speaking of complexity absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah it's um i agree with you this does remind me a lot of an irish whiskey in a lot of ways yeah the, 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 sweetness. the sweetness and kind of that butter cookie type note yeah
1: a little yeah bit. it's really smooth and it's mm-hmm. it's really mellow compared to other isla Scotch yeah, I think whiskey. it's
0: like a forty-six or forty-seven percent, or something like that. Oh,
1: let me see what mine says. Oh, you
0: got ah oh, nice. You have it on hand. You're more prepared than me.
1: Yeah, forty-six point three. Nice. So yeah, it's it's not as aggressive as some of the other scotches that I've had in the past, in the recent past. It's got, it, it's got like this. Maybe maybe you can help me with this. One. There is a
0: fruit on the nose <laughs> but i yeah. can't is it is it apricot is it pear it's it apple i can't it's I
1: can't. it's almost citrusy but not as acidic as a citrus so it's it's like um oh you're right yeah where <laughs> it's it's very hard to define but it's like it's it's like a it's, it's a very festive fruit whatever it is like you know, you know what it is
0: i think i think i've got it those gummy orange slices the like sugar candy yeah. ones i think like, that's
1: it <laughs> yeah the sweet the sweet candy citrus what yeah. rather than like uh, like a uh, candied orange peel or something mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. all the acidity is gone and it's just sugar and yeah <laughs> yeah it's nice so it's it is really nice i was surprised by it that's not what I was expecting from an Isla, so Yeah. It just goes to show that things are more complex than you give them credit for. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: sometimes. There's a few whiskies I talk about all the time on this show just because they're my favorites and they're really fun. But as someone who appears to be quite the Isla fan, yes. this one's <laughs> technically not an Isla, but it is an Island whiskey, um, called Lechik. Spelled, okay. Spelled LEDAG, L E D A I G, but pronounced Lechik. Okay, and it's weird. So it's it's toremori, It's it's their smoked
1: whiskey. Okay, so it's got that smoke.
0: Yeah. It, well, it's when you smell it, it smells exactly like barbecued brisket. Oh, like it's just meat in a glass. Tasty oh, meat, but it it's it's hard to wrap your head around actually drinking it because you're like this 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 would be great to chew. I'm not sure it would be great to sip. <laughs> Um, but then you get brave. you just got to pair it.
1: it right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But and then you drink it, and it's a completely different whiskey. It's actually really kind of mellow and light. It's still smoky, but a completely different smoke.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So the here than it is.
0: Yep, and it and even the like the 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 nose is very briny and salty and and meaty, <laughs> and then it's almost kind of like a a light pear fruity, really really fun. If you if you're wanting. To kind of mess with your head
1: yeah, <laughs> for an evening with, like...
0: with a scotch, that's definitely one to try.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm game. I'm going to bring that to my friends and watch You should yeah. <laughs> watch it blow their minds. At least
0: here, it's actually reasonable for a scotch. So I'm not sure what the okay. prices are like in Canada, but...
1: Uh, um... I, I'll i probably have to order it from the yeah. whiskey exchange. <laughs> yeah, am <yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm an equal opportunity whiskey drinker. <laughs> my friend... The friend that I asked advice from, she is very monogamous with her Isla whiskeys. Ah. But uh, I I am a whiskey slut. Like, I've got uh, a Canadian rye here. I've got, um, I I always buy writer's chairs just because it's the good joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, <laughs> we've got a couple of Canadian ryes that we really like. And I just can't have corn. So even though I like uh. a good dirty bourbon, I, I just, I can't. So, sc- scotch is the safe one where I know for sure I'm not going to have a problem with it. But, yep. I mean, booze is booze, man.
0: <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, yeah. I, have, I definitely have the ones I prefer and the ones I don't, but...
1: Yeah. And the, and there's the easy drinkers and then there's the deep thinkers, you know? Like there's, oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I don't want to think about this, so I'll bring uh, I'll bring the sweet one. Or, you know, I'm going to sit and have... A half ounce, just because I earned it, but it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: sure. So what are you getting on the on the palette for this one?
1: Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's where the sweetness really lives, and then mm. the, after that, that's where it gets so hard to define, because it's like, I want to say acidic, but it's not, and I want to say sharp, but it's not, there's like a so- coppery yeah maybe um it's a little tingly but still, yeah. it's
0: like it's it's the the like like a soft drink like it's that pleasurable tingle yeah
1: the, the yeah burn. a little bit of pleasant mouth pain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> that doesn't sound very <laughs> appealing so like i, I don't know <laughs> but yeah a little woody
0: a little woody i would say
1: yeah you definitely taste the the cask in it like air yeah because it it has that earthy character to it mm-hmm. but not not heavily so it's like it doesn't want to be defined it it just yeah. it just wants to vibe with you
0: <laughs> for sure for sure yeah i feel like it's either a complete just like headphones on close your eyes mellow out or yeah. it's one you you stare at it and ponder like what yeah what is inside of you what makes you take <laughs> type whiskey
1: it's it's dangerous too because mm-hmm. because you're trying to define it you drink a little bit too much <laughs> yep because yep. you're you're going back going like what is that flavor and then all of a sudden your glass is empty <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i gave myself a pretty generous pour for the episode so i, <laughs> so I have yeah. plenty of opportunity to.
1: well i've got my bottle on hand so i'll probably go, go back yeah. for more but yeah that's that's a good one that's a keeper Thank you. Shout out to Sarah for, from uh, Fiction Fans Podcast for suggesting that one to me. Nice.
0: Yeah, I am I was looking for some new bottles, so this was a, a very nice addition to
1: oh, the collection. yeah. I, I love an excuse to buy a new oh. whiskey.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I recently just found this website in Germany that has pretty decent prices, and I live like 10 miles from the border, so it's not too nice. hard to get out that over. stuff, so yeah. yeah. Um, so that was pretty good. All right, let's get back to our characters. I'm sure we'll okay. talk whiskey a lot towards the end. Um, yeah. So when you are looking at your characters, I know you talked a bit about letting their decisions and mistakes kind of drive their complexity, but do you have a way where you determine who gets to be more or less complex and whether or not a certain character should or shouldn't end up complex.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I made some of those conscious choices uh, through Brightwash where, you know, it, it's a big book and it's it's got a big cast and, but no matter the sizes of the book, every character that you give has weight you know like the reader is carrying some weight with them and and they got to keep up with you so you can't load them down too much or they you're going to leave them behind so when you have this cast you have to decide who gets to who gets to be a heavy character that makes their the reader think and who do you let be light so that you know the reader can carry them along without having to think about it too much um, so certainly the the level of importance of a character, um, whether they're complex or not, um, in the background isn't my decision so much as whether or not I'm going to explore it and let them have uh, yeah. steal the show. So some characters I, I just have to shut them down. I'm like, no, I don't have time for you, man. Like I I I'm moving, and you're not you're not on this party with me. But then there were also some characters who were villains that someone mentioned that it just they like the guy just felt so um not flat but just like predictably awful and it's like yeah he should be predictably awful because he's he's you know he's awful like yeah, it's yeah. okay you know like some some people you know are just really really awful and and that's life, you know. So, I think sometimes you can let your characters just be just be giant piles of cow shit, you know. Yeah. Like, you don't have to overthink every single little nuance of a villain. Some and a, a complex villain is a great thing, but th- some people are just awful, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, it, it was nice to have a couple of guys there that were kind of incompetent and kind of kind of shitty and just there was no depth to them they were just surface level awful and and it, it was okay and it it helped it helped the weight balance in a way that the other people who were more important and more interesting had room to be heavy um and take up a lot of room without over overloading the entire book and it, it like it's not a small book and I, i'm very aware of the fact that i'm asking readers for a lot but it seems to have worked, so I'm not gonna question it too much. Real
0: quickly, talk a little bit more about your your concept of, of character heaviness and weight. I, I'm really interested in that and you, you, you mentioned a little bit but um, are, so you're thinking about the weight the reader is carrying
1: yeah but are right. you also, it, is
0: that also the weight that they, Take up the
1: kind of their gravity within the story and, and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Both both of those, absolutely. So it's like the reader, the reader comes uh, to page one carrying nothing. They they don't know they don't know you. They don't know your world. You don't know your people. If it's a first book, um, and and you're you're putting things in their hands and they gotta, they gotta hold it all with them and follow you along. And if you put too much on them, then, then that's where you get readers who say that they never felt like they knew what was going on and they never knew who was who. And it's because you've asked them to carry too much too fast. Um, and so, but that weight is determined by the size of the story and, you know, your world building and your characters and it's like all the information that you hand to people is something that they got to hold on to, where it's like, like, you know, you've you've made this rope for them to follow, but they got to braid it behind you as you go, yeah. right? So if you've got too much, then they, they can't keep up and they're getting snags and they don't know who this guy is, even though you mentioned him 60 pages ago. And, and so you have to kind of decide where the important stuff is. And cut away extra weight so that that stuff really shines and so that you can feed them small pieces at a time and make them feel like it's a really big world without generally overloading them. And it's... (sighs) It the only way that I was able to figure out where all the weight was by reading my own book about a million times. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. So, <laughs> but it's like it's just like this. It if a book is 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 something that person is carrying, then you you can't you can't give too much weight. And so and in that, if side characters are coming in and you're giving them too much weight, you're kind of promising that they're going to be important. So the people this are point. are trying to remember the stuff that you're giving them and then if that person never comes up again then it's just like a it's like the loose thread that they tried to put in and it's just hanging out and so you gotta you gotta be mindful of how important you're promising these characters are gonna be as you go
0: along those lines are there certain characters that benefit from being more complex or maybe benefit from being less complex and if so
1: how would you determine that yeah i i think that comes down to what kind of story you're trying to tell um so if if it's meant to be it it all comes down to what you're trying to say about the people in your story if you're meant to tell a story that's kind of straightforward and a little bit it's got cleaner edges to it then i i think those are the stories that tend to drop the complexity but it's okay because they're not they're not going for that like it's Mm. it's meant to be a cleaner picture whereas complexity in my mind tends to equal messiness and so if you're telling a story about uh a bunch of people that are kind of a hot mess then it's it's gonna be muddier and it's it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot more feedback loops and stuff where you know things aren't clear, and that's where the complex characters really shine, but it it's more it's in the service of the story rather than the character if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. no absolutely that makes total sense okay <laughs> yeah. um Good. so. What aspects of an individual character do you think are the best places to start growing their complexity?
1: Hmm. Like, as a writer while you're planning or as a writer while you're telling the story?
0: Could be either. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about how... um, Mistakes and decision making is a really great place to grow that complexity. But yeah, there, there are there other, you know, aspects of a character like backstory or physical features or whatnot that you would find to be good places to kind of let that complexity build.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely, when when I hit a, when a character walks into the story and they interest me and I know they're going to be trouble, um, I tend to take a day or two. I just kind of pause where I was and take a minute and figure out where they came from Mm. because, you know, where, where they came from is going to inform where they're going um, and why. And um, the whys are probably where I get most of the best ideas. It's like, okay, why are you here? Why aren't you somewhere else? Why are you doing this? Why did you do that stupid thing? And it's like chasing that, that why, 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 (laughs) leads you back through some really really interesting layers and that doesn't make it onto the page but knowing that it lets the complexity bleed through where it's like okay so now i know why he's doing that and maybe he'll never ever mention it but i know and he knows and we're going to go forward now. So yeah, usually when somebody comes and takes me by surprise, I, I have to take a minute to figure out what mm-hmm. they're up to. Yeah, and figure out where they came from and figure out what they're looking for. Because knowing why they're moving in this direction will help me know where they're going to fall apart.
0: Yeah, I, I am completely with you on that. I, I think that, that kind of chasing the whys yeah. really helps you kind of make sure everything the, the chain stays connected right like everything yeah. follows logically from yeah. where they were what they've done what they thought and and it helps the yeah next so that it feel natural right
1: if they zig
0: yeah it makes sense exactly yes
1: because you know if you don't know why they they took that hard turn then it, it feels a little bit disoriented and it makes it feel like they're inconsistent mm-hmm. but people are consistently inconsistent because of the whys that are chasing them so if you know what they are then you can build it in such a way that after they've they've turned the reader can go oh yeah okay i see why
0: <laughs> yeah i almost wonder if if some of that isn't just being able to write from a place of more confidence, you know, yeah. as an author. Like you you're certain that this is the move they're gonna make because you oh, yeah you know what what who they are, where they come from. And and so when you put that onto the page the reader's kind of picking up that they can trust you with it. Like, of yeah. course this is what they'll do because there's just yeah. a, a, a swagger or a vibe to what we're writing with.
1: Them. Yeah. It's it's like, it's like offering a contract. Like yeah. I know this doesn't make sense right now, but trust me for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm going to lead you through this and you're going to understand by the time we get to the end. But if you don't, if you don't know, then I think they can feel that.
0: So speaking of that trust um, and the contract with the reader, can you think of any examples of character complexity gone wrong? Like when when a character just really went off the rails and why? Like what were some of the things that that made you throw your hands up and say, "Yeah, I can't, I can't follow that."
1: That's a good question. I think probably the most famous one right now is is the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> The first few seasons, they offered us a lot of contracts, and then Mm -hmm. went, yeah, never mind. (laughs) We're going to do this other thing instead. Um, Yeah. And almost across the entire cast of that show, I I didn't even watch the last season, because it's like... I don't know, they lost me. (laughs) Because the the contracts were falling apart, and you could feel it, and you could feel that they were going to betray the thing. And... (sighs) It's not clever, you know, like, yeah, just because somebody has guessed the ending doesn't mean it's a bad ending. If they've if they've guessed it, then it means that it makes sense, you know. Yes. So yeah. um, they they zigged and they zagged in a couple of weird ways. And, and it just it felt like they were just tossing out the contracts because too many people had picked up on them or something. I don't know.
0: No, for sure. I, I um, one that comes to mind for me is Penny Dreadful okay the first series of it it was you know uh, the first season it, I pour it straight into my eyeballs like I couldn't get enough it was really yeah, I
1: remember that
0: and then the second season I was like oh okay okay sure I'll go with you fight and then the third season it was just yeah just, the
1: contracts just, fell apart a lot of long sides. I don't again. even re- see I that's that's probably a really good example because I don't remember there being more than one season of yeah, that yeah. show okay. and I really liked the first season but uh, I don't know maybe I lost maybe they lost me so quickly that I forgot it existed
0: no so, you're, you're, you're not missing much especially in that last third season
1: good to so. know
0: no, no need to catch up oh. <laughs> okay so another character question Okay. Do you think that there's a difference between a character that's described as complex versus being described as complicated? And if so, what do you think those differences are? And if so, do you think <laughs> one is better than the other or do they hold equal value?
1: Well, I I think that that comes down to the difference between a character and a person, I think, where mm. um people are complicated period <laughs> kind of end of it mm-hmm. but does it always make a good story i don't know so there there has to be some give and take between the reality of how complicated people are versus what what feels like a satisfying story arc um and sometimes people are so complicated that it prevents them from growing um, whereas a character, people want to see a growth arc or yeah. the opposite of a growth arc, whatever that's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it feels like complicated can sometimes undercut complexity, um, because fiction isn't always the way things really are, because some so people can go. Can go on being complicated for fifty years, and but they're not; they never really change
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that c- complicatedness. Whereas complexity is is like a layer that allows for growth, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I okay. almost wonder if it's like uh, there's more contradiction in complexity versus complication. Just be being con- more of a confused state or more of a yeah just like more moving parts maybe i don't yeah, know yeah
1: it's yeah the the more complicated you make an engine <laughs> right yeah, yeah, the for- harder it is to repair and so i think characters are a similar thing where it's like when when you're crafting a story there's a point where being too complicated interferes with the smooth moving of your engine Mm -hmm. Uh, and us as as living humans it's it's okay because we're here we're living our lives we're doing whatever but when you have um you know three acts to tell their story you got to kind of truncate some of that stuff Mm -hmm. and make it consistent enough that even if they zig and zag it's making sense whereas we contradict ourselves too much to sometimes it never makes sense and you know we're standing in the wreckage of everything we thought our lives would be and it's a crappy story (laughs) (laughs) right so I think that might be the difference in my head just it's a storytelling angle
0: sure yeah 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 Okay, back to our drink. Okay. If you're willing, I'd like for you to do a little bit of world-building for us. Can you create the perfect setting for this drink? You know, the right mood, maybe the right pairings to go with it, the right location. Like, if you had to build just a one-scene world for this, for you and this drink to—
1: This—that's th- tricky for me. Um, because I usually associate whiskey with writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's my, I'm frustrated and need a drink drink, or I did really well and I need a drink drink <laughs> when I'm writing. But I think um, this particular whiskey would lend itself really well to camping yeah. and a bonfire. And this, the sweetness and the... the the way it defies being defined would lend itself well to sitting outside and it's so cold that you can kind of taste the air mm-hmm. and then but the whiskey's nice and warm and mellow and you can smell the campfire and people are, are roasting sweet things like marshmallows and stuff to kind of complement that complex burnt sugar flavor yeah, and then and then it's an easy drinker so whoops the bottle's gone <laughs> and, and your friends are going to camp uh, on your property with you <laughs> for the night cuz they can't drive so that's that's what that makes me think of is just kind of sharing with people it's not a solitary whiskey that this one yeah. wants to be shared yeah
0: speaking of friends and camping i had some friends recently enlighten me to the wonders that is using a Reese's peanut butter cup instead of okay. chocolate in a s'more.
1: Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Oh
0: yeah. It's if you it, next time you happen to be making s'mores, as we all do <laughs> know, on a daily basis, um uh, <laughs> you have to have a Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cup around. Grab it yeah. because it's phenomenal. If you're a peanut butter person.
1: Yeah, that that's a that's a big if. That's a, that's yeah. a big caveat. But yeah, that sounds like something my friend Amy would really like. I think I'll have to make some of that for her.
0: Nice. All right, so character complexity can be built both by information the reader gets about a certain character and also deliberate lack of information, the stuff we hold back from them. Yeah. Um, Do you prefer to get all that information out and let the complexity kind of live out in the open? Or do you like to have the mystery be the complexity? Or do you like a healthy mix of both? And regardless, how do you go about making this decision of where that information lives?
1: Yeah, I I think for me... I, I'm definitely a character writer where some people have said that the plot of Brightwash is literally just the characters crashing into each other. <laughs> um, be, just because their relationships and their failed relationships and, you know, all of that drives everything that goes wrong. So, with that in mind, I'm a big fan of, of laying out as many cards as my word count can fit, where it's like this relationship and this relationship. And I, I don't mean romantic relationship, but like friendship, family, like sure, all yeah. of it. All of that informs how things fall apart. And so you need as much as you can to um, justify that falling apart. Um, but... Of course, it's it's a tightrope. Like, if, if you spend too much time talking about their backstory, then why don't why don't you just write that story, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's you know it's, but that works for me because I'm a character writer. If I was writing a different story where the plot was more more event focused, I don't think I would spend as much time um, laying out those complexities because it's like if the plot's got to move, then you don't have as much time for that kind of stuff. So that entirely depends on, again, what kind of story you're trying to tell.
0: And so you brought up relationships just there. And when it comes to characters, that makes me think conflict. So when you're using conflict as a part of your character's complexity, um, do you tend to favor internal or external conflict or a balance and and how do you use those differently
1: oh hello both <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's like what someone will put up with from um a random stranger in the streets is very different from what they'll put up with from their yeah. spouse or their child or their sibling um and in fact somebody made a comment about how um Toshway seems to have higher standards for his own son than he does for the average citizen because he he wanted a certain life for his son and his son did not agree <laughs> so um i think the the internal drives the external because how we feel about the people around us in the world around us is going to drive how we react and the reacting is what drives the big external, um, conflicts. Right. Cause if, if we're, if, if we take things in stride, that, that's something that that's something that comes from us where it's like, we, we are good at processing problems and we, we can adjust really quickly. And so, um, and so we're able to minimize conflict around us whereas if we if we're a mess on the inside and we can't handle this shit <laughs> and you fall apart you know walking down the street that's that's going to drive a lot of conflict so mm-hmm. i would say that i i prioritize the internal to get the most out of the external
0: gotcha gotcha so so Again, that probably then comes yeah. back to that that contract you're writing with your readers, right? Like right. ensure that that yeah. internal conflict is known yeah. enough to.
1: Oh yeah, because like, if they make a decision and somebody gets killed, you're you're gonna want to know why they made that mm-hmm. bad decision, um, and so you you've gotta you gotta lay that that groundwork of the in internal conflict dialogue problem whatever, you've got to lay that out so that. it's it's hard to talk about it without spoilers but when when somebody gets killed we know how how Toshway got there because we watched him agonize over that choice and we continue to watch him fall apart after Mm -hmm. um and that that continuing of the falling apart um is driven entirely by the internal but it it creates massive external consequences.
0: All right, so if you were approached by a an young up and coming author who really 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 was trying to get their characters more complex, what would be some advice you would give them on where to start, how to go about doing that?
1: Uh yeah. I think I think the first biggest one is definitely chase the whys and spend some time asking your characters why, but also something that I used to do when I had more time on my hands was when we go places in the world um, and we hear people talking around us, you kind of eavesdrop a little and people watch a little and you... I, I used to, not on purpose, just just my story writing brain used to kind of try to imagine their whys mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, how did, how did they get there? Why are they standing in da- the downtown square arguing with each other? Like what brought them here and why, why are they, why are they okay with this behavior? And it just kind of like y- you apply these thought experiments to real situations and it helps you um, think up really, really good stuff for your imaginary situations um, yeah, for sure. So definitely chasing the wise is, is the first one that I, I tell people when they're trying to figure out their characters. And also be patient with it and, and let them take their time to tell you their stories because some of them, some of them uh, try to hold their cards a little closer to the vest <laughs> and it's hard to see uh, what they're up to. But if you just kind of trust your instincts as a storyteller... Um, and trust the process then you can unfold and it's okay if it's slow like we always make it sound like it's such a rush thing that you got to do you got to hurry up and publish and you got to do this so you can accomplish these things but i i'm a fan of slow you know slow cooking and slow writing and slow drinking because it's like you got to give that stuff time you know um you know we we age the scotch a few years because it it develops complexity absolutely um so just time be patient with the process and and trust that um it's not going to happen overnight but it's it's going to be good if you give it time
0: okay what aspects of character complexity would you like to see used more in fiction
1: flaws mm-hmm. yeah um it, and it's something that i i really appreciate the grim heart grim dark movement for because they let their characters be flawed deeply and i feel like it's more honest in a way i i I'm not a big fan of, of the stories where the main character is, is really shiny and mm-hmm. never makes any mistakes and just generally always does the right thing. Because it's like, I don't know, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a mess, but I can't relate to that. I don't yeah. know what that feels like, you know? I'm with like, you on that, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like... And I just, I just want people to let... um their characters be really deeply flawed and it's okay if it's ugly because we've all got it we've all got the darkness you know Mm -hmm. and conquering that means so much more than a character who is light and easy and right all the time Consistently being that way, but if you've got if you've got those characters with that deep dark ugliness and they overcome it like that's a victory that's that's something to celebrate, whereas you know just it it, I don't know I just don't like it when it's too easy.
0: (laughs) So okay speaking of that pet peeve are there any other character complexity pet peeves that you have that you see in a book and you're just like eh, it doesn't really work for me
1: i i think it's um mistaking complexity for complicated that yeah. one circling back um where it's like the character makes so many choices that seem to contradict the world building and the character building that it it, it stops making sense where it's like you just you're just it just felt feels like some people try to throw in too many curveballs and they didn't lay the groundwork out enough and and that always pulls me out really fast where it's like i i don't really believe in in this this that you're trying to sell me and i don't think you believe in it either so i'm i'm out i'm gonna tap out now
0: (laughs) i hear you it just doesn't have the scaffolding to support it right
1: exactly the scaffolding that's perfect That's a perfect analogy.
0: All right, Crystal, it is last call here in the indie pub. Can you give us an indie published book or two or three or more uh, that you (laughs) think people should check out?
1: Well, I always want people to check out Angela Board's writing. Um, She is fantastic and she's doing amazing things. Her book, uh, Fortune's Fool, was the Spiffbo runner up. two years ago, I guess, before Five. Um, and talk about complex characters. Kara is a beautiful hot mess and I want pe- more people to love her. Um, so definitely Angela Board. Um, now i got to think faster because I don't have my books out. <laughs> no, okay. um, I, I'm a big fan of um, Clayton and... Um, Michael's book, Norilska Groans. I was fortunate enough to beta read that bad boy. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's a really fascinating study in what makes us who we are and what happens to who we are if we start taking some of that stuff away. Um, So, talk about complexity it's like it's so complex that they start fucking around with the layers and and letting the people kind of kind of really fall apart without some of the key aspects of who they used to be or kind of getting stronger without some of those key aspects so that's a really good character study but it's it's also a bloodbath so not for the faint (laughs) of heart So I think those would be two very opposing but very strong recommendations where if you want something um, more romantic um, and a little bit lighter, Angela Board is where to go, but if if you're not, if you, you don't flinch easy, then Neuralska Groans is a fantastic character to study.
0: Alright, same question, but for any other media, indie or not?
1: Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what I really like, um, and something that drove a lot of my writing, um, is uh, UK crime dramas and police procedurals. Um, For example, uh, there's one based in Wales called Hinterland. It's really good. There's one in Scotland called Shetland. That's really good. There's a Victorian one called Ripper Street that is fucking excellent. Um, And I, I find... Those those types of pl- police procedurals are really good character studies as well, where unlike American cop shows, there's very little uh, fighting, very little, I don't want to say little action, but there's a, d- not very many car chases, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not very many explosions, um, and not very much science either. It's very much um, the detectives just kind of figuring it out based on the character of the people that they they find in their investigations. So those those shows are really good at just, just unreeling just enough of the information to keep you wondering what's going to happen. But by the time they get to the end, it's like, yeah, this is how it had to be. And it, it, it's really good. The shows that I listed um, I found are really good for that kind of complexity that's consistent enough to be believable where they just, it makes sense even though you didn't see it coming.
0: All right, Crystal, tell our listeners what you have going on and where they can find you and your work.
1: Um, mostly I'm on Twitter. That's, that's my big platform. So just at Crystal Machar, um, I also have a website, crystalmatar.com. I'm on Instagram a bit, but not very much. Again, at crystalmatar. I'm really cashing in on the weird name. <laughs> um, right now, I'm working on um, Legacy of Brick and Bone, so that's the sequel to Legacy of the Brightwash, and it's going very well. And I've locked down all my complex assholes, and yes. <laughs> there's no turning back. Uh, so that that should be passed off to editors pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to getting that going. Um, I also have um, a short story in a, an anthology coming out that's been spearheaded by Virginia McLean, who's an absolute powerhouse in the indie world. Um, we're looking at getting um, some advertising going for that in January or maybe February which is coming up really soon and I'm excited for anyone that's read Bright Wash um, that short story is from Ishmael's point of view Um, so I think he's got a lot of fans people are gonna (laughs) are looking forward for more from him Um, and then I I got all kinds of stories that I want to tell so hopefully there's a lot coming out from me in the next year or two where people can't keep up with me (laughs)
0: Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Indie Pub. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a like and subscribe so you won't miss any of our indie investigations or boozy banter. I've been your host, Jay Rushing, and we'll see you back in the pub next time.